The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleya of Oikea Christian Centre. Remain blessed as you listen. Undefeated. So don't worry, don't forget what you just do is the songs you sang on Sunday. You know how we catalog them, then sing it, put it in your audition so that everybody can learn, you know, you know, and it becomes a church song. Second Corinthians chapter number two. Hmm. You know, many times when we hear the gospel message and we hear who we are in Christ. Oh, yeah, by the way, I want to just welcome those of you. This is our virtual service. Welcome to those of you watching online. God bless you for joining us from wherever you're joining us from. Um, um, please, if you have not shared the live stream on Facebook, on the WhatsApp stories, please do that. Then also, please leave a comment on the stream. All right, don't be a silent person watching. I, we may take you to be a spy. All right, so if you are with us, just put something, a comment on the stream. Thank you very much. Second Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse 14. Now listen, when you hear the gospel message, you immediately hear of a message that puts the Christian at an advantage, that tells him that he has the victory because of what Jesus Christ has done, that he has the Spirit of God on his inside because of what Jesus Christ has done. All right, he has a message, you hear a message that tells him that he is to function from the place of rest. Glory to God. However, we sometimes find some contradictions where you find, for example, a young boy of 19 who is filled with the Spirit of God, all of a sudden develops lymphoblastic anemia. Or a young lady of 23, all of a sudden develops some form of breast cancer. But she's saved, she's filled with the Spirit. Then we know what's going on with that. Hallelujah. You now begin to have what is going on with that? Because if the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in that believer, then why do we have that happening? Why do we have that happening? You have believers who actually are dealing with one form of oppression or the other. Unexplainable things. Unexplainable things. You know? And... You have some folks who think that what you should do is to try and do as though that doesn't happen, to ignore it, all right? But you see, ignoring things that are facts does not help the person who is suffering. Praise the Lord. It doesn't help the person who is suffering. It doesn't help the person who is suffering at all. You have the believers who are dealing with stubborn cases, stubborn issues. I mean, issues that just won't go away. Just will not go away. Just will not go away. You had, I have a story of a man who, um, he finished from university, did very well, first class and all, but he always had this challenge of getting a job. Everywhere he goes to, he'll be the best at the interview, but they'll say for some reason they don't want to give him the job. Then he prayed, God opened his eyes to see what the issue was. He took care of that issue in the spiritual and the physical, and he got the job. So the question we want to answer today is to ask what exactly should believers do whenever they are in a situation that seems stubborn, a situation that looks and feels like a contradiction. What do you do? Glory to God. What do you do? Now let's start from our theme scripture. Is there anything wrong with our screen, please? So I know. Second Corinthians 2.14. Everybody would want to go. It says what? Now, thanks be unto God. Uh-huh. Come on, talk to me. Which also always what? Cosset us to triumph. Which always cosset us to triumph in Christ. Which always cosset us to triumph. So what Paul is saying in that no matter the obstacle we come against, God always causes us to what? To triumph. In Christ, it says, and make it manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in what? 
every place. Now, I told you that the word triumph is from the Greek word triambio. And what does triambio mean? It speaks of a lousy, noisy, victorious procession of a victorious army. So what that's telling us is that because of what Jesus has done, because we are in Christ, our outcome is already determined, which is that we are always going to lead a lousy, noisy, victorious procession. Praise the Lord. Now, how many of you have watched um, um, you know, the, fo the football match that football matches are played over the weekend? Argentina won, is that correct? Argentina won, right? Then uh, Italy won. Then on Monday, all right, they got into their, their different cities or countries. Then they put the trophy they had won. And while they were parading through the city, what happened? There were a lot of people there making noise. There was a triumphant what? Procession. Because of the victory, they had what? They had won. So he's telling us that God always causes us. So that means no matter what challenges you find yourself in, whatever challenge you find yourself in, you must understand that you are going to come out of that challenge on the winning side. So you must settle that in your mind, that no matter what I'm going through, the outcome of these things that I win. Glory to God. I will win. I will win. I will what? I will win. So God is the one who always causes us to triumph in every situation. Always causes us to triumph in every situation. Now, if God is the one who always causes us to triumph, it means that whenever we find ourselves in challenging situations, our focus should be on God and his ability on the inside of us. Our focus should not be complaining about the situation, analyzing the situation, all right? Blaming somebody else for the situation. No. It should be on God who causes us to triumph. Glory to God. God who causes us to triumph. Why? Because there is an ability on our inside that is able to rise up to the challenge. Glory to God. I said there is an ability of God on our inside that is able to cause us to rise to the challenge. <laughs> glory to God. I said glory to God. Huh? Glory to God. Look at Ephesians chapter number 3. Ephesians chapter number 3. And verse 17 into 20. He said that Christ, Paul is praying. He said that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, 18, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, verse 19, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth what? Knowledge. That ye might be filled with all the what? Fullness of God. Now look at verse 20. He says, Now unto him that is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we what? Ask or think according to the what? Power. So that means all God is going to do. Above all that we ask or think is going to be in accordance to the power that is at work where? in us so we are not powerless and we are not at a disadvantage glory to god we are not powerless and we are not at a disadvantage so whenever you come into contradictory situations you need to fall back first on your identity in god on your identity in christ number one who is god to you number one is my father Number two, all right, he is for me. He is on my side. He is for me. He is on my side. Hallelujah. Number three, he is in me. He is the power at work in me. So God is for me. Glory to God. God is in me. Glory to God. Amen. So, when you have that understanding, that this situation I'm going through, I've got God for me. I've got God in me. So, because I've got God for me, because God is not the one who is bringing this 
contradiction my way. He is not the author of the evil that is coming against me. He is not the sponsor of the enemy rising against me. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying here? Because many times, many folks think that whenever they are going into challenging situations, God is the one that sent the challenge. away. no. No. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about what? Doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So that means what, the, what God did was that he anointed Jesus with Holy Ghost power to undo what the devil was doing. So it was not God oppressing the people. It was the devil. It was God anointing Jesus to do good and undo what the devil was doing. Are you following this? So God doesn't oppress. Say that with me. God, louder. God doesn't oppress. No, he doesn't oppress. He doesn't oppress. So God anointed Jesus. Have you noticed something? Even in the Old Testament, we have examples, typologies of saviors in the Old Testament. You know the, the, the promise God made to Abraham, if you look at it in typology, the beneficiaries of those promises were the children of Israel. Is that correct? Is that correct? In typology, right? So that just like Israel is like a typology of the, of the church, so to speak. Alright? The only difference is that Israel didn't believe. The church is a congregation of those who have what? Who have believed. Praise God. But you notice something, that whenever Israel had an oppression or someone like a tyrant that rose up against them and took them out of the promised land, alright, or oppressed them in the promised land, what will happen? God will raise a champion. He raised a Samuel. He raised a David. He raised a Solomon. Glory to God. He raised a Jephthah. He raised a Gideon. He raised a Deborah. Why? What is that person raised up to do? To undo what? What the oppressor was doing. So in that same vein, it says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. With Holy Ghost and with power. Because it was God undoing through Jesus what the devil was doing. So God is not the source of the malady. Do you have a sickness in your body? God is not the source of that sickness. God is not teaching you a lesson with the sickness in your body. Uh-uh. No. It's not God. Hallelujah. It's not God. So you have to have the identity. God is with me. God is for me. And God is in me. He is the power at work in me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you are facing contradictory circumstances, one of the things that you must be confident of is that the power of God is at work in you to deal with that thing. That the power you need to come out of that situation is not outside of you, but inside of you. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is what? Come upon you. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. First John 4.4, 4, it says, Ye are of God, little children, and have already what? Overcome them. For greater is he that is where in you than he that is where in the world. Glory to God. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, alright, I give unto you what? Power. Alright? Power. Look at this one there. We look 10:19. Behold, I give unto you what? Power. Glory to God. Power. To tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the what? Power of the enemy. That first power there is authority. Exusia. Alright? Uh, and he says, Behold, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. The power there is dunamis. So that means the enemy, which is Satan, has his own kind of dunamis. Praise the Lord. You know, people say things like the devil does not have power. It's not scriptural. It's not true. What the devil does not have, glory to God, over the believer is that he doesn't have authority over the believer. Glory to God. Because Jesus took the authority the devil trusted in from him. But demonic spirits have demonic power. Are you following what I'm saying here? They have demonic power. So they have power, dunamis, as demons. But we have authority over their power. Are you following what I'm saying here? Yeah. We have authority over their power. We can mess it up. 
Authority is the right to rule and domi- dominate. That's what authority is. It is the right to rule and dominate. It is the right to exercise dominion. Glory to God. Now, if we have authority over demonic spirit, it means we have authority over demonic agents. Because demonic agents use demonic spirits to do evil. Glory to God. Are you paying attention? Glory to God. We live in a real world. All right? And the truth about it is that because we live in a real world, we have scenarios where we have wicked people. How many of you have met wicked people? Look at me. How many of you have met wicked people? Now, you see some folks, all right, when they are wicked and they want to exercise their what? Wickedness, they would use someone to use a gun. Someone will use a knife. You understand? There are some folks that they won't use a gun, they won't use a knife, they'll use demonic spirits. They'll use demonic spirits. They'll use demonic spirits. They'll use demonic spirits. For example, I'm seeing a case, all right, for example, the Lord told me about a case where this person <laughs> wanted to marry this person. Then the person that wanted to marry this person changed the mind. Then the person who was left alone, now said, eh, you left me, boom, went to consult demonic spirit and began to fight the person that left him, left her. People do that. Demonic spirits. But the Bible says we have authority over what? Those spirits. So if we have authority over those spirits, we have authority over what? They are agents, they are human agents. We can nullify them. Without authority. But remember, authority must be exercised. A man can have authority, but if he does not exercise authority, you will not see the effect. Are you paying attention? Authority that is not exercised is no different than someone that does not have it. Authority must be exercised. Glory to God. Eyes authority exercised with words. Eyes authority exercised in prayer. In prayer. Praise God. Exercised in words. And it's exercised in prayer. Amen. In prayer. So as a believer, you must be skilled in the exercise of authority. You must be skilled in the exercise in authority. You must be skilled. You must know. You know, the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 6. All right. One of the offensive weapons that is put there is what? The sword of the spirit. It's, it's, it's the only offensive weapon. You know, maybe I do, let me just tell you something real quick. I like all these fighting movies. You understand? I really like fighting movies. I like fighting movies. You know, I, I don't like love movies. My wife likes love movies. So she works all these K-dramas a lot. You know K-dramas? You know, everything is everything they are saying is very you know emotional. Damn. You know, so it's very, you know. I like stuff like that. My, my, my wife loves it. I don't. You get so <laughs> praise God. I like watching Ron Shin Kenshin, you know, fight, swat, swat, pia, 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 you know, I like it because it reminds me of, you know, the sword of the spirit, which is the what? The word of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, listen, look, let me tell you something. Authority is like the sword, like a sword. You need to know how to use it. Amen? What did I say? You need to know how to use it. So, for example, the presence of a sword in your hand, glory to God, or a gun, does not mean you'll get results. You need to know how to use the sword. And you need to know how to use that gun. If you don't know, if you are not trained in the use of authority, you won't get results. Glory to God. 
you will not get results. So there is a training. You need to know. There are certain things you need to do in God's word about the authority. Then there are certain exercises you need to carry out in prayer to understand how authority works. Glory to God. Glory to God. So you need to know how to use it. Because there are many Christians that what's going on, they are in difficult challenges. But they don't know how to use the authority they have. Some think that using the name of Jesus is mentioning the name. Jesus, at the mention of your name, every knee must bow and every tongue confess. Is that what the scripture says? Turn to Philippians chapter 2. You know that Jesus, at the mention of your name, mention his name, come on, mention it, mention it. Jesus, Jesus, mention it. <laughs> Is that what he said? Philippians 2 and verse um, 8. Some people don't get something. The power is not released because you mentioned the name. No. The power is not in the mention. <laughs> he says, and be found, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Look at verse 9. Wherefore God also hath highly what? Exalted him. And given him what? Given him what? A name which is above every other name. Verse 10. He says what? That at the... Is it that at the mention? Is that what you see there? Come on, is that mentioned there? No. He said that at the name. And what does name speak to? Authority. So it's not the spelling. It's not the mention. It is the authority. Are you following? So when somebody comes understanding the authority in Christ. Comes in the power of the Holy Ghost. Do you notice that in the story concerning the seven scores, sons of Sceva, the devils mentioned the name of Jesus? Remember? Jesus I know. So, how come they mentioned the name of Jesus and they were still in the man? <laughs> Praise God. Have you heard people say something, you know, something, one unbeliever, they will be in a court. Have you seen those movies? Huh? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, hey, no call that name. Don't call that name. It's Movio. It's Movio. Demons call the name Jesus comfortably and nothing happens. Because there are many Jesuses in the world. In the Bible, there is bad Jesus. Jesus is just a name. It's a common name. In fact, the Jesus, the, the, that name, Je oh, should I go into it? Should I go into it? That name Jesus is the Latin transliteration of the Greek, Iosius. That is I-E-O-S-E-O-U-S. That's how the Greek pronounced the name. I also, that's the spelling. Jesus is the Latin translation of it. In Hebrew, it's Yeshua. Alright? And if we're going to even look at it, Yeshua is actually Jehoshua. Short form, Joshua. So, Jesus in Greek is Joshua in Hebrew. Are you following? So it's a name. But what makes the name of Jesus potent? Because you can say, oh, Gabriel Jesus. This other Jesus and stuff like that. You know, Jesus, you can just mention it. But what makes Jesus the one, the Christ, hallelujah, the one we serve power, powerful is what? The authority behind it. Hallelujah. The authority behind it. That's what makes this Jesus different. The authority behind it. The angels that bow before the name. Hallelujah. The devils that tremble at the authority. So it's the authority we are talking about. So when a believer comes against a demon, 
become conscious of what? The what? Authority. Now, when I say in the name of Jesus, which name am I referring to? I am referring to the name, hallelujah, of the man, hallelujah, who whipped the devil, hallelujah, on the cross, hallelujah. The man who went into hell and whooped death. Three days later, he rose from the dead. I'm talking of the man, Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of God right now, hallelujah. He's seated until the enemies are made this word. That's the Jesus I'm talking about. That's why many times when believers, when you come against demonic spirit, the demonic spirit will want to be, they want to test that you know the Jesus you are calling. Praise God. Praise God. I said, praise God. So some people will ask, how is it that you can cast out devils without even saying out? You are just there. And because of your presence, they start responding. That person is coming with the consciousness of the authority in the name. So the power is not in the spelling or the language. The power is in the word authority in that name. The authority in that name. That is why you should meditate on the name of Jesus. When you find yourself praying in the name of Jesus, casting out devils in the name of Jesus, all right, praying for people to be healed in the name of Jesus, and every single time you are not getting results, you may have a light problem. You may have a light problem. You may have a revelation problem about that name and the authority that is inside. Because you see, revelation is the fuel of conviction. Revelation is the fuel of conviction. Miracles and manifestation always happen at the speed of lights. Hallelujah. The speed of revelation. Revelation. You see, when you stand before the sick, consumed by the revelation that you are over and superior to that sickness, it will affect the way you pray for that sick person. So you are not praying to test whether it will work. Are you following what I'm saying now? You're not saying, let us say a prayer to God whether he will answer us. No. You are praying with that consciousness that all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto what? Jesus. And he has given unto me authority over what? Over what? Sickness and what? Disease and over the devils that cause them. Look at Matthew chapter 10. Hmm. And verse 1. There's something more people do. And you need to call. And everybody listen to me. Practice this thing. Whenever service is going out, or, um, this, except you're an official. Alright, don't walk around. Have you noticed that thing? Service is going on. All of a sudden, you will have this itch to just stand up and just look around. I don't know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you just, just, just stand up, just go and look around and look outside the, 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 the door. Just check. Okay, okay. Then you now come back inside. Some people, it's not, they are not, it's not, they don't want to urinate. Then sometimes, some folks, why the service going down to urinate four times? Do you have diabetes? No. So why are you urinating four times? <laughs> What's with your bladder? Why, why can't it settle down? So you see, you need to train yourself to listen to the word whenever you're in church. Praise God. So, look at what he says in Matthew 10, 1. Authority. He says, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them what? Power against what? Unclean spirits. To what? Talk to me now. To what? Cast them out. And to heal all manner of what? Sickness and all manner of what? Disease. So, it was Jesus that gave them the authority. It was authority against. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now listen. When it comes to sickness now and disease, 
many times. Remember, I said revelation best conviction, right? Right? Then also, one of the things that ensures you are able to confront those who are, you know, in sickness, you know, having one kind of oppression and other, is that you yourself, you must be full of the Spirit. What does being filled with the Spirit do? Being filled with the Spirit gets you to that place of consciousness of the presence of God's power that is already at work in you. So, you are not conscious of your limitations. You are conscious of God's strength. Praise God. Praise God. So, you find yourself, you are drunk in the Holy Ghost. When you stand in front of a sick person, you are like another man. Praise God. Like another person. Because sometimes, you know, this is like practical now. Okay? Sometimes, some believers stand to pray for people. But you know when they're praying, you know, they're praying. But, though they're praying, so to speak, no power is released. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. No power is released. Nothing is flowing. No tangibility is flowing from them to the sick. Sometimes there's a place of the faith of the person. But other times, sometimes, it is also about the consciousness of the person ministering to the power of God at work in, or in, 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 in his body, in his life, in his life. Because the greater you are conscious, the more you are conscious of the power of God at work in you, the more you will do with that power. Oh, let me give you an example. Everybody look up here. I want you to imagine, for example, how many of you have heard you see something on Twitter? Who they are robbing on a co-bridge. How many of you say something? Hey, the Shonwolu government is late at night too. Hey, it's terrible. You know it like that, right? Good. Now, how many of you, if you had AK-47 in your car, you have a pistol somewhere. So someone comes and brings this local gun and knocks on your on your this thing. And does like this. Give me your money. Give me your money. You understand? You know, you know if you have a gun inside there, praise God, you know your demeanor will be different. You understand? So why that guy says, you just bring up your gun. Pow, pow, pow. Are you following? Are you following? Then you open your door, you will come down. Why? You are conscious of what? Of this power that you have in your hand. I think you understand what I'm saying. So the consciousness of your power affects your gates. It affects your attitude. It will affect your posture. Are you following what I'm talking about? Consciousness of the power. Hmm. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. So what prayer does is that prayer makes power available, then increases your consciousness of the power. So you find that the praying man, you will say, this, I feel, I'm feeling the power of God on my body. I mean, if you are not, you're, no, no, I'm talking about, you are praying, oh, I'm feeling the power of God on my body. So because you are feeling the power of God upon your body, you want to lay, because you are feeling something. Glory to God. You're feeling something. The key, this is why prayer is the key, all right, to walking and experiencing unending victory. What the Holy Spirit on our inside does is that that victory that Jesus won for us on the cross, the Holy Ghost is the one that will help us walk and experience it every single day. Did Jesus get the victory over sin for us at the cross? The answer is yes. Is everybody living, all right, a life above sin, addiction? No. Praise the Lord. Did Jesus' death give us victory over sickness? Yes. But there are believers that are what? That are sick. The answer to both is the manifestation of the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. 
The manifestation of the power of the Spirit. You find someone who is addicted to porn and fornication and adultery. He comes in contact with the power of the Spirit. Boom! He's free. The side chick comes to him and he's looking at the side chick. He's, he's wondering what he was doing with her. The power of God has visited the man. Glory to God. He's free. Praise God. That you, he now begins to live a life of righteousness by the power, by the engine of the Spirit. Praise God. By the engine of the Spirit. Amen. By the engine of the Spirit. So it is, glory to God, it is the mindset that we should have. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The mindset that we should have, a consciousness of the power of God, all right, at work in us. Glory to God. I told him that when we sit down, then I, we ordered rice and food for the guy. The first thing the mad guy did, or the former mad guy did, was he took water and washed his hands. Praise God. That guy ate. We brought him to Lutz. Okay? Not the hospital, the hostel. When he came, people were dodging, dodging. We had to tell security guys, we just want him to change, have his bath and all. So we took him, he had his bath, all right? We changed his clothes. Then we took him to the barbing, uh, what do you call it? The salon. And he gave him a haircut. Nice skin. Praise God. Then later I took him back to my house. Then he came to church the next day. After that we released him. Praise the Lord. So you see, what happened? Because of that period of prayer, I was so full of consciousness of God's power. Hallelujah. I was so conscious. Oh God, I was like not in the apple for you. Amen. So you see, that's what prayer does. It makes you conscious of God's power. That is at work in you. That is manifested. You understand? You are so conscious of the power of God. You are conscious of the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's that what that does. Now, so let me just give you some things that you should do whenever you are in, you know, challenging situations, whether that's sickness in your body. Amen. All right. The sickness in your body. All right. You have one challenge or the other. All right. What exactly should you do? How should you go about it? So I have mentioned number one, identity, right? Who you are in Christ. Christ is in you, praise God, and your consciousness of God's power. That's the first thing you should do. All right? Remind yourself of that. Number two, get relevant scriptures on authority and of God's power and meditate on it. Meditate on them. Get relevant scriptures on authority and of God's power and meditate on, on them. Why do you meditate? What meditation does for you is that meditation brings about light. So, for example, you have a pain in your body. You have said, out, this, that. Nothing has happened. You're believing God for financial increase, for a job, a business, and you've cast it, but nothing has happened. What do you do? Just get scriptures, meditate on them. Meditate on them. Meditation makes you into a magnet that attracts what exactly it is you are believing for. scripture that says seek ye first the what and is what and all this what which means that the believer is designed to be a seeker of that which pertains to God alone he is not meant to chase the mundane but 
As that man meditates on the word. As that man meditates on the scriptures. Glory to God. He is transformed into this person that will attract those other things. Meditate on the word of God. What does the word of God say about authority? Meditate on it. Alright? Meditate on it. I have behold, I give unto you authority over serpents and scorpions and all the ability of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt me. You know, there's a place of reading that scripture. Then there's a place of meditating on it. You meditate on it again and again and again. Meditating does not mean you are thinking deeply on it. No. There is the thinking part of it. But there is the saying it again and again. That means I have authority over demonic spirit. There is nothing a devil can do that can hurt me. Are you seeing that? There is nothing a devil can do that can hurt me. There is nothing a demonic agent can do that can hurt me. Why? I have authority. I have authority. I have been given authority. I have been given authority. I am above alone. I am not beneath. I am not mates with devils and demons. No. I have been raised above them. Far above them, in fact, at the right hand of God. So I am not competing with demonic forces. No. I am above them and I have defeated them. I have overcome them. Are you following? Greater is he. So you are meditating. So you will not find yourself meditating from scripture to scripture about the same subject. Praise God. So when you are praying about that issue, you are praying from a place of conviction. The conviction that is not based on how you feel. But a conviction that is based on what the scriptures say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember the power of God is flowing from you. The rains are coming from you. So that means if you are going to solve that issue, we are going to sort some things, some things that have to do with what? With you. You are going to. You have this pain in your body. Oh boy. You know, let me just give my own story. 2005. We're having one crusade like this. I can't remember the name of the crusade. It was a student. It was a student. Also, you know. So, I had a person, I had a folk, uh, uh, you know, part of the crusade team. I don't know. We went to some, this. Um, this nice loafers came out. You know these loafers? Like sports shoes. Came out then. So I went to Mushin. I went to buy it. It was, you know, Twin Crusade and all. So I don't know whether it was the shoes or my, it, it was just some coincidence. But I, as soon as I bought those shoes and I wore them, I began to have swelling on my knees. My knees. Two of them. My knees swole up. So you get, I'll, I'll be walking around and my knees, I'll be, you know, when, when there's, you know, when you're walking and you are hearing the sound of water, that's how my knees were. I walk, that was how I was. So my knees were so full of fluids. Just after I bought that shoe, it was a serious battle. My father and my mother were afraid. <laughs> they were very afraid. And we had this crusade coming up. I found it difficult to walk. So, we went to, I got a physiotherapist. So I was confessing the word. Heed, out, hey, quick, quick. It was there. Went to this physiotherapist. So what did the physiotherapist do? He got ice block. Right? So he put the ice block around the towel. Then he wrapped it around my legs. So the ice block was to kind of like act like a painkiller. Then so that it would numb my knee. Then after he numbed it, he now began to stretch because I couldn't, you know, extend and flex. Extend and no, I couldn't. Because it was so full of fluid. What? I don't know. Is it I tried not? I don't know. Just out of the blue. Nobody in my family has anything like that. Just after I bought those shoes and I wore them. Praise the Lord. I, had to, I battled that thing for two, three years. 
When I was an house officer, it was hard. Because to stand in a spot for a long time was punishment because of pain. There was nothing I didn't do. I bought the pupofin. So I'll buy pupofin and the pupofin will reduce the inflammation. Because it was my, my joints were getting inflamed. I bought Chinese patches. You know those Chinese patches you wear on, under your foot? I wore it. Ha! Because of the pain, it was bad. It was bad. For years, I battled that. Glory to God. Oh, then one day. <laughs> Glory to God. One day, <laughs> I slept. Praying, you know. Slept. And while sleeping, an angel of the Lord appeared in my dream as a man of God. And in that dream, ministered to my leg. Praise God. When I woke up from the sleep, everything had gone. Disappeared, just gone. I was free. Glory to God. I was free. So, hmm. now me, all the time I was doing all this thing, I was being used by God to eat the sickle. Well, you will see there. You know those times when we used to have those prayer meetings on the fields? Yeah, I was in that issue then. I didn't tell anybody. So, we will have six hour prayer meetings, and I'll be in pain. So, and I'm asking because of pain. So you see, many times, there are challenges you are going to face. It's a fight of faith. Glory to God. It is a what? It's a fight of faith. It's a fight of faith. Glory to God. And after some time, boom, that thing will be solved. There are some, it's immediately, it's gone. But some, it may take time. But you see, during that time, you are not changing your confession. It does not affect your commitment to God. It does not affect your commitment to ministry. You are steadfast despite that challenge. When you come out at the other side, you are not the same person. Praise God. So you spend time meditating on the word. As you meditate on the word of God, you meditate on the word of God. As you are saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have authority over sickness. As you say that authority over sickness, the pain will wipe you. What's that? Say it again. You have what? <laughs> Hallelujah. But you keep talking. Hallelujah. You don't stop talking. You don't stop talking. Hallelujah. You don't stop talking. You are talking in tongues. You are exercising your... You understand? Exercising your faith. You are talking in tongues. You are not allowing the situation change your confession. What meditation does for you is that it gives you a perspective. It gives you a way of looking at the challenge and letting you know that no matter how big you are, you are coming down. Praise God. Yeah. Let me end by saying this. Many believers have been kind of like deceived into thinking that if I am in faith and the situation does not change immediately, it means faith does not work. the faith did not work. They have not learned the power of persistent faith. Of staying there till the manifestation comes. Don't forget, Abraham and Sarah waited how many years for Isaac? 25 what? Years. Do you know that if we are going to even be honest, the fulfillment of the promise God gave to Abraham, how many years did Abraham wait for it? Over 2,000 years before Jesus came. There is a patience dimension to faith. Be followers of them who through faith and what? Patience. Inherit the word? Promise. Glory to God. Glory to God. That patient aspect of faith. 
where you say, I receive it, it is mine in the name of Jesus. You have not seen manifestation. You are thanking God, it is mine. Ah, glory to God. I'm the healed of God. Oh, glory. I'm the healed of God. Greater is he that is in me, that he that is in the world. Jesus Christ on the cross took my sickness away. He took my disease by the power of his spirit at work in me. Hallelujah. I am sickness free. I am disease free. This cancer is gone from my body. Hallelujah. Cancer has no authority. You understand? But the power of the Holy Ghost on my east, cancer has no power over me. Has no power over me in the name of Jesus. Praise God. When ants are laid, the, the manifestation of the power of God on a person who is in faith will be so strong than on a person who is not in faith. Because faith will draw out that manifestation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we said, your identity, you start with, who am I in Christ? Praise God. Number two, all right, prayer. Because prayer and getting filled with the Spirit or staying filled with the Spirit, because both increases your consciousness of God's power, amen, and because it increases your consciousness of God's power, it will affect your attitude and what you do concerning that circumstance and situation and number three meditating on the word of god because meditation on god of the word of god brings what revelation and light and you are going to be able to get results with light because light or revelation all right is the fuel for conviction hallelujah revelation is the fuel for conviction check any of god's promises you are not convinced about you have no revelation about it You are convinced you are saved forever, saved eternally, because you have had teachings and teachings and teachings about it. Anyone here who is having questions or questioning, 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 has not gotten a revelation concerning salvation yet. So the person still has fear that I can lose their salvation, even though they believe that Jesus Christ is the Christ, and Jesus is Lord over their life, they believe that they can still go to hell. Why? They don't have what? Revelation. Revelation is what fuels and bets what? conviction conviction is that immovable persuasion that this thing is this thing praise the lord praise the lord i said praise the lord hallelujah have you been blessed this evening have you learned something can we just lift up our hands and just bless his name just speak in other tongues hallelujah praise god ah hallelujah can we rise up? We're going to begin to pray. Amen. Can we share this new link that you put up so that everybody can be part of it? Amen. Because we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Everybody just begin to pray in the Spirit. Can I have this? Oh, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for my never-ending victory in Christ. I declare I walk free of oppression. Free of oppression. I walk as a king that I am. In full control. Having all enemies submitted to me. Having all enemies submitted to me. Having all issues, situations, circumstances submitted to me. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for victory is mine. 
Victory is mine, and I remain totally, completely undefeated. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, let's take our offerings real quick. All right. We're giving our offerings. Um, they put the details on the screen. Oh, glory to God. So if you're giving the details on the screen, let's give real quickly. If you're giving your partnerships, you can give. If you are watching us from out of the country, you have also the details to give through. Hallelujah. Amen. So remember, you have won. And as a believer, listen. Your strength is in prayer. And it's in prayer you're going to be using your authority. So usually, that time, away from everybody else, you're spending it in prayer. That is your cheat code. You understand? That is where you legislate. When you say, this is going to go this way. This is not allowed to go this way. Hallelujah. My marriage is going this way. My marriage is not allowed to go this way. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You notice in your home, your family and all, everybody gets married, then they divorce. Or separate. Get separated. You go, no. You pray for yourself. Then you pray for everybody else. You say, no, I put an end to it. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. From today, the marriage is work. The marriage is work. Every seed against marriage comes to an end. In the name of Jesus. You understand? You notice, ah, Ever. The firstborn got pregnant, then got married. Everybody is getting pregnant before they marry. You just say, I'm bringing an end to this in the name of Jesus. This is not happening. You, know, you, you, you take up all those things in prayer. You take up the businesses. Ah, my business. Oh, you know, how much do you make in your business? Oh, we are making one million per year. One million per year? We, we need to change that. We are going to have 10 million per year. You now go to the place of prayer. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I declare the reign, your reign of blessing and mercy and favor falls on this business. In the name of Jesus, we are a 10 million naira per year business. We are a 15 million naira per year business. I am going to pray in the name of Jesus. Every embargo against this business is lifted. In the name of Jesus, as you are praying, God will now open your eyes. Oh, do this one. Do this one. He will bring people your way. You will not have partnerships. People will just come and say, okay, we're going to do this for you. We're going to do this with you. You understand? Prayer is your cheat code. Prayer is your board meeting. Hallelujah. Prayer is your what? It's your board meeting. I think 30th of this month, we're going to have night of possibilities. Praise God. But we have the prayer we're having every single morning and night. Pray. Hallelujah. You are praying. In that place of prayer. Listen. It's in that secret place of prayer. When it's just you and God. That you say two things. Many times. When you have to do a lot of sweating publicly. It's because you are not sweating in prayer. Amen. Jesus will sweat great drops of blood in prayer then deal with demons sweatlessly in public. So choose where you will sweat. Hallelujah. What did I say? Choose where you sweat. Prayer. From time to time, pick a night that you say, okay, tonight I'm not going to sleep from 12 to 2. 12 to 3, we are praying. I am praying. Praise the Lord. I am praying. Look for, you can pray in the spirit, or you can look at, oh, what is that niggling thing in my life or in my family? I want to put a, an end to it. But this night we are dealing with it. 
and begin to pray. Go after it. Go after it. Go after it. Cut, 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 cut. Her. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. Cut at it. We can organize all the prayer meetings we want to organize as a church. That's good. But you also have to have your own personal. Amen. And one last thing, please don't set, don't go to the point that, oh, you've tried to get something for many years. You you guys just say, okay, now you just settle and accept it. Like, no. Glory to God. No. Don't settle. Learn from me. I am Mr. Perseverance. Glory to God. I think in ministry, we just began to break through, really break through last year. <laughs> Praise God. And the breakthrough doesn't break. Could he break that? that? We are still breaking. Amen. Mr. Perseverance, I don't give up. Many of my colleagues have given up. You don't give up. Amen. You don't give up. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olalea of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.